Welcome to Ladies Who Love Christ, where we love to encourage you to build intimacy with Christ. We'll bring you insights and teachings to help you grow in your walk with Jesus, ultimately becoming the strong, godly woman you were created to be. Here's Ashley Pope Todorova. Hi, ladies, and welcome to Ladies Who Love Christ. My name is Ashley Poptodorova. I'm the founder of Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries, and I'm so excited to have you guys here. Today is an extremely um, special day, special interview. Uh, We have taken a little break. If you um, follow the podcast, you'll notice we took a little break. So we're excited to be back. Um, Today, we have a special guest, Spencer Smith of Doctrine Matters. I reached out to Spencer um, about a month ago to see if we could have him on the podcast. So welcome, Spencer. We're so excited to have you here. Amen. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's a blessing. Yes, yes. So ladies, Spencer is a um, Christian. He is a husband. He's a father. Um, He's also a preacher, author, and filmmaker. Spencer, is there anything you don't do? Um, He travels the world preaching, which is such a blessing, and doing uh, mission work. And he is most well known for his documentary series on YouTube, Third Adam. So ladies, if you're not following Spencer Smith of Doctrine Matters on YouTube, go there, subscribe to his channel, hit that bell, um, because I I watch a lot of his videos. I've learned a lot from him. Um, so it's a joy to have you on, Spencer. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's, a, it's a blessing. Thank you very much. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. You're a filmmaker and author. And why don't you tell the ladies um, really how you got started and a little bit about your channel, your YouTube channel? Well, sure. Yeah. I I grew up in Metro Atlanta. I was not a Christian, you know, growing up. We didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I got saved when I was 19 and went to Bible college because I felt like the Lord wanted me to be a preacher. And uh, when I was there, I met my wife, Rebecca, and we got married. And today we have four kids. And Got a lot of fun, a lot of things going on right there. Uh, our oldest is 13. Our youngest is six. So we're right in that fun zone, you know. And uh, so we've got a lot of things going on there. But uh, uh, basically, I serve as the uh, the director of Lighthouse Baptist Missions in our local church, Lighthouse Baptist Church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. And uh, we have ministries that we run um, overseas planting churches with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, with national pastors in Kenya and then also in Dominican Republic. And we're looking to expand that as well. And just just have so much going on. I'm 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 traveling, preaching, raising money for missions. Also doing our YouTube channel, and you can look us up there. And then also we're we've got several books out as well. Getting ready to republish some old books here in the very near future. So look forward for those. I, I found uh, found a lot of books that are like 200 years old that I read them, and I'm just like, man, exact what this preacher warned about in 1799 is exactly what we're dealing with today. And it's just yeah. it's fascinating stuff. So I'm I'm looking forward to re- reprinting those books very soon. And uh, just other than that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a busy guy. So. <laughs> yeah, you are, but what blessings. And, you know, it's amazing. I, I know it's it's got to be such a good feeling to um, just be able to share the gospel and to share the gospel with people um, who are lost and to be able to do it in such incredible and in creative ways. Um, I wanted to just, I didn't actually write this in your questions, but I wanted to ask you on your YouTube page, uh, maybe you can tell the ladies a little bit about it. I saw that you were going live for 24 hours, um, to raise money. Was that for your missions? Is that, yeah, that one of the things? We were trying to raise about $20,000 for our Kenya ministry. <clears throat> and thankfully, we we met that goal. So I'll praise the Lord for that. And uh, But yeah, I, I was very tired after we did that for 24 hours. But that is it, it went well. 
<laughs> was that the first time that you've done that 24 hours straight? Yes. Yes. And, uh, and actually the funny thing is I, I decided to do two 12 hour segments because I knew YouTube had like a cutoff point. So, um, and so there's two 11 hour and 54 minute videos on our channel right now. Uh, from that, we just, you know, I interviewed people, we did music. We, uh, you know, I played a couple of my documentaries. It, it was a lot to do. So, uh, oh, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I want to do it again sometime. I thought it was really creative. I've never seen that. And I thought, man, this guy is really brave because I am a bear if I don't sleep. <laughs> so I was like, kudos to him because I don't think that I could do that. I'm glad that you met, I'm glad that you met your goal. I'm really excited for that. Um, so tell me, what was your motivation for starting your Spencer Smith Doctrine Matters YouTube channel? And it's really, it seems like you've just experienced um, great growth there, people who are listening and receptive to your message. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, it started out with, uh, you know, I've always wanted to do videos and I've always, I've always thought, you know, video skits were fun and, um, you know, just, just to me, it was just kind of a creative tool to use. So I started making little videos of my mission trips going over to Kenya every year. And I was going, I was actually going to Kenya like three times a year for several years. I've been there 22 times. And, oh, wow. um, and so I, I just thought, man, people have got to know what's going on over here. And we, we would go over there and see thousands of people saved and just a great move of God. And I, you know, to me, pictures just weren't enough. I just, I wanted video. So I started making video, putting videos out there. And, um, over in Africa, one of the big problems we had was there was this just real wild, super charismatic crowd out there that was kind of infiltrating churches. And so I thought, well, I need to study this and look at this. And, and they, yeah. the Africans taught me something. They said, you know, if you go watch the spirit worshipers, the ancestral worship people, let's go. Mm -hmm. and, and they actually took me to a place where you could see them off in the distance practicing some sort of, you know, chant or whatever. And then they took me over to this really wild, super hyper charismatic church. And they let me watch it from across the street. And, and they said, Spencer, they're doing the same thing. And uh, and I, that just to me was like a mind blowing moment. So I came back and started looking at it. And I realized that things like Hillsong Bethel and Elevation. Yeah, these are these are like pagans and practicing yeah. paganism in Jesus name. And, and mm -hmm. I, the more I dug into that rabbit hole, the worse it got. And I was mm -hmm. appalled at what I saw. And that developed into our third Adam documentaries. And that has yes. been. I have people all over the world email me. I got one emailed me yesterday from Italy saying that I, my whole life has changed. I can't even believe that I was ever into that stuff. Yes. And uh, that's, and from there, we just kind of keep talking about it, keep talking about, it, keep talking about it. And it just, the channel keeps growing. So praise the Lord for that. That's amazing. Now, let me ask you, Spencer, have you ever had somebody reach out to you? Because I'm sure you get a ton of messages. Have you ever had anyone reach out to you and say, um, I was really caught up in this world prior to finding your videos in your channel and it's really opened my eyes. Um, or do you find that most of your um, members and channel subscribers are people that already know these truths. They are just continuing to educate themselves and what speak into that a little bit. I'm just curious. Yeah, well, I, I would say it's a good mix of both. A lot of people who know that that stuff's bad don't know why. 
Yes. And they don't understand the Gnosticism and Manichaeism and all the history of all that. And then for a long time, I was ignorant of that stuff, too. But um, but for me, the the connecting of the dots of the mystery religion from Nimrod all the way through history, through the Greeks, through the uh, the Romans, through all that stuff, and then connecting it today. Uh, that was like a eureka moment for me. I mean, it just clicked mm-hmm. in my mind and I, I have never been able to unsee that. Uh, mm-hmm. But also I, I've had a ton of people reach out to me and say, I had no idea. I had no, mm-hmm. and I'm, I actually had a family drive from Arkansas all the way to Kentucky and uh, you know, a good family, I mean, well-to-do family and stood in the parking lot of our church and wept and said, we had no idea, and we are leaving our church, and we, we're getting out of this stuff. Can you help us? And I, I pointed them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, you know, wow. I, I'm blown away at the positive response. I thought I was going to upload third item, hit the click button, have to go hide in my basement the rest of my life, you know, yeah. and uh, witness protection program. But it has <laughs> been the opposite of that. It has been a great blessing, and people have really appreciated it. That's, that's awesome. That's really incredible. I love to see how the Lord is using that. So ladies, um, the third Adam series on Spencer Smith's YouTube page, uh, make sure you go and watch that docu-series. Um, I'm going to finish it. I've started it, but I have not finished it. Um, I watch a lot of Spencer's videos, um, but I'm going to finish those and they're going to take some good time. You don't want to watch them just to watch them and check a box. You want to watch them to learn. So take notes through them, go slow, digest the information, open the word of God as he teaches. I love to hit the pause button and, and do that, open God's word. Um, so Spencer, thank you for sharing that. As we go into some of the uh, meat of today's interview, I want to kind of just um, start by asking you, what do you feel are among some of the greatest struggles that are facing Christians today? Well, I think we have, uh, and the theme of our channel is Doctrine Matters. I think we have a grand struggle today between what sounds right and what is right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Satan manifests himself as an angel of light, which means that he's wrapped in positivity. He is the sweetest, most loving thing you could ever encounter. And, uh, if you know, a lot of people have the idea of Satan's like this mean old nasty guy in a bar somewhere and he's got red horns and a pitchfork and whatever. Satan is so sweet and positive that mm-hmm. uh, most people find him irresistible. And uh, I think that's the problem today. For if I were to stand up in a group of just average people on on a on a workplace or somewhere, and I would say Joel Osteen is a false prophet, a minister of Satan, mm-hmm. probably three fourths of them would faint and think, "How could you say something so horrible? That's just mean." That you know, and I I get that every now and then. People say that I'm harsher or cruel or unkind, and uh, and you know I. I I try to be as nice as I can be, you know, but, um, but you know, that I think that's what we're facing. There's a crisis of what sounds right versus what is right. And uh, there's a verse, I think it's Isaiah chapter, I forget the chapter, but I read it the other day on one of my videos. Uh, there was a group of people who said, prophesy deceit, speak unto us smooth things. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's what the people want today. People don't want to get beat up. And I think you spoke about being uncomfortable. People don't want to get in that uncomfortable place where, you know, a preacher's yes. stepping on their toes or, yeah. uh, you know, and, and they, they don't want that because that makes them uncomfortable. And I think comfort is the drug of today, euphoria. Um, oh, and right so, 
I think that's what people are desiring that they um, they they want music that just brings the the euphoria and they can just pr- sway and pray and all that and uh, and and they want preaching like that too. So I think I think that's what we have today. And I think um, in the political realm, they, they the the old Ben Shapiro quote is facts don't care about your feelings. And the problem is you have a bunch of people out there who are saying, well, I don't feel that that this should be the case. Well. Yeah. Okay. Well, bless your feelings. Feelings are good, but feelings are deceitful. And yeah. uh, even, you know, uh, the word for, for feelings, I think in the Bible uh, is the word heart. And the Bible says mm-hmm. your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. Yeah. And so your, your feelings are lied to you. So if you're chasing feelings and chasing what, what feels right instead of what is right, uh, you yeah. can go down the wrong road a hundred percent of the time. And so when we talk about doctrine matters, what we're talking about is that it doesn't matter what you feel. It's matter what the book says. And that's what we're going to follow. Amen. Amen. That is so good. Um, let me ask you, this kind of is similar, um, but a little bit different. This next question, um, what do you believe are the biggest deceptions that pull or derail Christians from their walk and from following the Lord? Um, you know, I, I have noticed that a lot of people who are newer in their walk with Jesus. Maybe they've just come into this relationship with him and, and they're newly saved, um, that they find they're in a place where they f- they feel like we just spoke about, like you just mentioned, they feel like it's the right place. But in fact, their, their pastor may not be a sound pastor. He may not be preaching truth. What do you um, have to say about that? Well, um, you know, the Lord said, I believe in John, I might, I can't remember the chapter. I think it's chapter six. He said, my sheep hear my voice, another shepherd they will not follow. Um, so uh, what I have found is that, that I believe saved people can sit in a bad church, but as yeah. they grow in the Lord, they're going to start seeing more and more and more clearly that, yeah, this, this isn't good. And yeah. they may not know why, but just something nags at them saying that this is, this is just not true. And, um, you know, when I got saved, I went and uh, went to Walmart and I picked up a T.D. Jakes book off the Walmart shelf. And I was just 18. I didn't know nothing. I've still got that book over there. Um, and I started I started flipping through the pages and reading it. And I thought, this this just isn't right. And I didn't know why, but I knew something was wrong with this book. <laughs> and uh, and I finally getting some better literature down the road. I actually someone handed me a, a book by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And I thought this this is what I'm looking for. There's This is it. And uh, so that that's what I would tell folks. OK, you know, if, if something's nagging at you, you need to try to find out a biblical reason why. And I think I'll, really with our third Adam documentaries that has uh, sort of helped people clarify as the reason why it's wrong. So yeah. um, I would just I would just caution folks, you know, just, you know, have a Bible reason for everything you do. And um, because there's a lot of strange winds blowing out there. And the only the only anchor we have to hang on to is what the word of God clearly says. That's all we got. Amen. Amen. So let me um, let me ask you, uh, let's say that a person is um, finding themselves in a situation where they are in a church that is not doctrinally and biblically sound uh, and they realize this through their um, you know, just maybe through this interview, maybe through watching your videos, Third Adam series. Um, what is your recommendation in terms of them being able to get out of that church? Do you uh, do you recommend them to go to the the um, pastoral 
leaders and have that conversation or just leave. Um, maybe it's an opportunity for somebody else to wake up through them leaving and, and sharing why. Um, I did not actually write that in your, but I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I I, I get that question a lot. I, I think it's a good question. Okay, so I'm, I'm sitting in a church and I it dawns on me that, man, my church is word of faith. My church is into I mean, they, they are into crazy stuff and I, I just dawned on me and I, oh, oh wow, what do I do? Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people struggle with that because they think, you know, well, if I leave, who's going to teach these kids in this Sunday school class or who's, you know, all my friends are here and my mom and dad go to this church and um, it, it puts people in a tough spot. And I'm very sympathetic, but my advice is uh, just you leave, leave. You, you are not going to change the leadership's mind. You are just, you know, you're, you're just, there's one lady I told her, I said, I said, ma'am, that, that man has been there 20 years. He has started this church and built this church. And when a yeah. housewife walks into his office and says, I think you need to change everything that you believe, he's not going to do it. Okay. It's just, yeah. it's just not going to happen. It's like, it'd be yeah. like walking into, uh, you know, Bill Clinton's office and saying, Hey, I'm a, I voted for you. And I think you need to be a Republican. Now you've been a Democrat your whole life, but I think you need to be a Republican. That he's never going to do that. Um, yeah. so I just tell folks, you just need to leave. Um, you need to go find a sound church. We've got tools online that can help you with that. Uh, but you know, you just need to go and, uh, the price of following the Lord and doing the right thing is not easy. And so taking that step of faith, you'd be surprised that God has something special out there for you. And and when you when you leave and get into a good church, the thought that will go through your mind is I wish I had done this sooner. So yeah, yeah don't don't stay, don't try to change the church from the inside. Don't try to pull them into, you know, pull them into right doctrine, you know, if the the salt has lost its savior, the meat has gone rotten, there's no bringing it back, just time to go. Yes, such a good answer. Um, how can we as individuals and as the church um, address some of these things? And I know you'd mentioned that a lot of um, these questions in this direction today are answered in the third Adam um, documentary series that you did. So ladies, make sure you find Spencer Smith on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, also hit the bell. Um, and he does have some different options there in terms of your subscriptions. Um, but how would you recommend, Spencer, um, that we as individuals and as the church start to address some of these things that well, were the deception? Sure, sure. Well, um, the book of Jude is, is something I'm doing a book on right now. I'm, I'm writing a book called Wandering Stars. And uh, what I did is I took the Word of Faith movement in modern music and I overlaid it over the book of Jude and I found out that they're a perfect match. Um, it is false teaching apostasy. And Jude says there that we should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered to the saints. And uh, if we, we have to realize if we don't address these issues, then our, our silence is sin. And we live in the day and age now uh, where Christ I think Christians are committing the sin of being nice. And what I mean by that is that uh, we've, we've, in a sense, got our love goggles on and we're just trying to look at everybody as loving and sweet. And I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm, I'm for that guy. But the truth is that if you're a shepherd, you don't love wolves. You just don't because wolves destroy, attack and kill sheep. So if you love, if you're a shepherd and love the sheep, you have to say, at least say something. Um, but we also want to speak the truth, but speak the truth in love. 
And then we also uh, want to avoid the pitfall of, of just being a monster, just being angry, hateful people. Uh, at the end of the book of Jude, you know, he calls them brute beasts, uh, wandering stars, and whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. I mean, the book of Jude roasts these false teachers. It is a bloodbath. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the very end, it's funny because he says, keep yourself in the love of God. You know, and I found that to be kind of funny. Uh, but we, we have to stand for truth and, and stand in love and speak the truth in love. But yes. we have to say something. You, you have yeah. to say something. And if you don't, you know, I mean, that's uh, I, I've got people in my family, uh, especially my wife's family. Their, their attitude is, well, I just don't want to I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, yeah. you know. If I'm running off a cliff wide open and my my demise is imminent, you better say something, please. Yeah. I beg you, say something. Let me know, because I don't want to die and suffer devastation and loss. And these people who are in these churches are going to, and so it is. It is absolutely not only the right thing; it is the the godly and spiritual thing before God to say something. And uh, but the problem is you got to know what you're talking about first. So, you know, yeah. grow in the yeah. Lord, know what you're talking about, know some doctrine. We can help you yes. with that. And then speak. You have yeah. you have this knowledge. Go speak. Go say something. And I think that's the best way to handle that. Absolutely. So earlier, that was um, fantastic. Thank you. And this is why we're having you on the show today. Um, I knew that you would have um, some really, you know, solid answers for our gals who are. Um, just growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to make sure that they're growing in, in truth, sound, biblically strong truth. So you mentioned earlier, Spencer, about some tools online. Um, uh, were you referencing there your YouTube page? Uh, are there any other tools or areas that you would send the ladies in terms of um, strengthening their uh their knowledge of God's word, uh, obviously mm. the Bible, that's a given. Um, mm. I always tell the ladies, you will have to sit down and, and wrestle through scripture and put in the work mm. to understand God's word and uh, not to read diluted versions of his word that take mm. away. Um, but what, talk to me about some of those tools. Yeah, uh, well, what I believe that the greatest tool for growth, of course, outside of the Bible for a Christian is the local church. Um, you know, the Bible says the local church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Uh, but also, you know, in I think it's in Titus chapter three, we're supposed to love and provoke one another into good works. Uh, Hebrews 10, 25, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is. But so much the more as we uh, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we need that exhortation. I need that fellowship. I need that accountability. And uh, and some of the greatest growth I've ever had is just sitting across the table from another Christian and listening to them talk and share their life with me. And uh, so what we did, I had a bunch of people tell me that, you know, hey, okay, we want to leave our church. How do we get in a good one? Well, we developed a website called independentbaptist.church. And uh, and that is, uh, you know, uh, there's it's it's I've got over fifty five hundred churches in the in the United States of America on there. And uh, you can go through and if you find one, just type in your zip code and you can you can find one within driving distance of where you live and go. Just go try those out. I think you'll uh, you'll see a difference immediately. And I know that it'll be a great blessing to you. So independent church is the website and go Wonderful. check that out. Wonderful. Okay. Yes, definitely. Um, I will 
check that website out too and have our ladies do that. So um, Spencer, what are some ways that believers in Christ can take responsibility? I am... I'd probably like to talk about discipline and responsibility more than the average person um, because I really had to, I had to discipline myself in a lot of areas. I had to take responsibility for um, the choices that I was making in my life to, to really grow in the Lord. What are some ways that believers can take responsibility for their spiritual growth? Well, uh, it's funny. I just read this the other day, uh, Jeremiah 31 to 29. Um, in those days shall they say no more, the fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth are set on edge. And so basically the idea there is that uh, my my daddy didn't, you know, my daddy ate a certain things because that my teeth are rotten in my head. OK, we understand that that's not how this works. Uh, but there's a lot of people today that are saying, you know, I can't grow because my dad or my mom or whatever, or some circumstance or whatever. And it's the antithesis of taking responsibility, accountability for what you are. So I think the first steps of taking responsibility for your spiritual growth is that realize that it is your responsibility to grow in the Lord. I think that's very important. And um, so what can you do to take responsibility for that? Well, of course, put yourself in a church and mm -hmm. uh, make sure that you've got uh, more godly people around you. Now, when I got saved, I was 18. My whole life was, was the world, flesh, the devil. That's what my whole life was. But when I went to Bible college, I, I intentionally sought out the most godly people I could find. And yeah. I just became their shadow and walked with them, sat and ate lunch with them. And we had nothing in common, absolutely nothing in common, but they, they loved God more than I did. And I, I wanted that. And, uh, so that's something you can do as well. Also, um, I think we live in the age of distraction right now. Uh, social media has become addictive to people. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I catch myself, I'll pull up my phone and, and just, just to check something. Next thing I know, I spend an hour on this thing. And mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm the worst. And uh, <laughs> so um, I think we, we have to give ourselves to the discipline of reading the word of God and turning off the TVs and the phones and the tablets and everything like that. Um, the other night I walked in, uh, walked our, our office is out here in a remodeled garage. And then I'd walked to my house. Well, I, I walked in the house last night about, uh, oh, about 10 o'clock and walked into a living room there. And my, my 12 year old or see my 13 year old daughter sitting there on the couch, the TV's off and she's reading the Bible. And, uh, and I was so impressed and praise the Lord for that. And, uh, so, but we've, we've all got to do that. We got to turn it off, man. We got to turn everything off. And, and, and I think in the day of instant abs and instant, you know, you know, take this 30 day supplement and you'll lose a hundred pounds and look like a Greek God, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think we want instant growth and we want everything for nothing, but you're going to sit down and grind and just read yes. and read it again and again and again. And don't get hung up on something you don't understand. Move on. Go yeah. find something you do understand. Try to work that into your life. And yes. uh, you, you're going to just have to sit there and give God time. And yes. uh, that's where the growth will be. I'm sure that made you so um, happy to see your daughter mm -hmm. sitting there reading God's word. Yeah, yeah, I know that's got to be a great feeling as a parent. So um, thank you for that. That is that's extremely, extremely good. And you really did. I mean, you nailed it with the cell phone, because um, even in my own walk, I started to realize that this thing is such a distraction, but it would um, just even 
mindlessly grabbing it to look at it, it would disrupt my devotional time with the Lord. It would disrupt that precious time. But oftentimes, ladies, you really have to think we we schedule so many things in our lives. If you only get an hour to go to God's word, um, eliminate all of the distractions. When I um, share different things with the women, I love to um, tell them to use the word of God, a paper Bible, because it does not spit back all the messages and everything. So that was right. very good. So if somebody is just starting out their walk and they're looking for a church, Spencer, this is um, one of our last few questions for you today. Uh, if someone's just starting out their walk and they're looking for a church home, what steps exactly would you take them through to ensure that they are in a biblically doctrinally sound church? So um, looking at their website, statements of faith, talking to the pastoral, you know, leadership. What are some things that you would recommend? Well, for me, the easiest and most simple thing to to identify is are, is this church worldly? Like, are they trying to have a Christian rock concert every Sunday? If if so, then you probably just need to go ahead and go. Uh, I believe it says James chapter number three, true religion and undefiled is to visit the uh, widows and the fatherless and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So if you got all these people, you know, I mean, and they look like knockoff rock stars and they're up on the stage running the whole service. And then the pastor looks like, you know, he looks like some, you know, like he was an NSYNC 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, just, it just, you know, they look like, like if, if, if all the boys look like Justin Bieber and all the girls look like Britney Spears, you don't yeah. need to, that, that's a worldly church. And that's probably the easiest identifier I can give you. Now, of course, some of that's subjective. And I know some people are like, well, where's the line on what that is? I mean, you know, if it's over the top, you need, just need to go. Um, yes. And so if, if it's set up like a stage, if it looks like some cheap skating rink in there, you need to go. Um, another thing too, is that, uh, I would say just, how do you know if it's a doctrinally sound church? Um, well, if a pastor can get up and open up that Bible and show you something that's just plain as day right there and preach that, um, you know, I, 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 that would be, I would be a lot more comfortable with that. Now, of course you can use our doctrinal statements to kind of line things up and we've kind of given you our, on our independentbaptist.church website, we've given you some tools to help you understand that. Uh, but that's, that's where I would tell you to go. Really, the bad churches are very obvious. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, of course, there's going to be exceptions to that I, I think Joel Osteen's church looks pretty conservative when you when you look on their, you know, <laughs> at their services and stuff. But it's obvious what he's saying is not in that Bible. Right. Right. And, uh, I, I, I just pulled it up just the other day and he said Judas Iscariot did more, more for Jesus than any other of the other apostles did. And I'm thinking, what in the world? <laughs> That's just heresy, man. Yeah, and, uh, so. you know, and I think, too, Spencer, there's this movement that you're seeing within the churches that you had churches that were sound at one time. And then you see them. I mean, I've seen it. You see them start to um, get watered down. You see them start to try to go the way of the world, try to please, um, you know, please people, try to make their church what it is they think people want. And all of a sudden you have strayed so far from, um, you know, a biblically sound church. So I think it's really important, ladies, to take um, heed to a lot of what um, Spencer is sharing here, because it is, it's, um, 
like you said, the enemy does not come um, with, with, you know, blaring horns and he comes as an angel of light and it is very deceptive. So um, be responsible for your walk with the Lord. You have to take responsibility for that. He is a holy and a righteous God. So often we talk about um, all of the feel good things. God is love. God is um, so good. God is, he is love and he is good, but he's holy and he's righteous and he's just. And ladies, you have to be able to um, take responsibility and not just uh, let your feelings lead you in this. And I think Spencer, as I found your, I'm grateful that I found your YouTube page. I'm, I'm grateful that I started watching the videos. I am going to commit to watching the entire Third Adam series um, ladies, if you are on YouTube, uh, if not, get on YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell, watch these videos, open the word of God, go slow, digest, um, don't read to check a box. That's one thing I teach you a lot because I know we can get really caught up in doing all the things, um, but take responsibility for your growth. And uh, this was such a good interview. I'm grateful for your time. Is there anything else, Spencer, today that you would like to share with us Um Anything about your books? I have Spencer's books here. I actually got his, he's got the Doctrine Matters Bible Topic Guidebook. Um, these that have turned the world upside down, sermons that have changed the world. He authored that. Um, tell us a little bit about your books, actually. Well, yeah, I, uh, I was working on a book for years called Calling Evil Good, The Live Christian Rock and Roll. And uh, I've just been stacking information on that for, you know, five, six years and finally put that into print and uh, realized there was such a demand for our book. Uh, Calling Evil Good, the live Christian rock and roll has gone number one in the Christian uh, uh, contemporary Christian music category on Amazon, I think three times now. And uh, so praise the Lord for that. But we, we're just trying to put out tools and resources to help people. And uh, you've got the Bible topic guidebook there. That has been a, a wonderful tool for a lot of folks uh, where we yeah. just divide the Bible up by, you know, like if you, you know, what does the Bible say about anger? What does it say about, I don't know, gluttony? What does it say about bitterness? And we, we divide Bible verses up by those topics there. And then we also have actually one of the greatest gospel messages I think I've ever read by John Rice in the front of that book. And it's called Religious But Lost. And uh, so we, we, I encourage folks, get that for somebody who you want to get saved and also want to help them grow in the Lord. That's one of the best tools early on we could give you. Uh, to help you in your walk with Christ, but uh, but also the um, the sermons that changed the world. I've I've just gone through and found some old sermons that I have really enjoyed, and yeah. uh, from you know old dead men, and <laughs> and have really been blessed by them. And we put those into a, a compilation for folks, and uh, we actually got another one coming out very soon here. So we'll we'll have three of them out here in the next probably the next month. And so looking forward to, to putting all that back out there in print. I, I just, I love old books. I think that's uh, the old preachers, you know, they're, they're, Satan has no new tricks. He tries the same thing every generation. And yeah. I find that the, the rebuttals of these old preachers from a hundred years ago are so relevant, even in today's age, we're, we're facing yeah. the same battles just from a different angle. And, and so, yes. you know, no, no need to reinvent the wheel. These guys already said it. So I'm going to, I'm going to, put it back in print so it can be said again. So Yeah. And I, I love that. I do. I have uh, many, 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 many books. I actually, um, a lot of people think I'm, I'm nuts for this, but I don't own a television. Um, I gave TV mm -hmm. up. Um, 
how long, 22 years ago, maybe. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, I don't have a TV. <laughs> um, yeah. And now, but see, here's the issue, Spencer. <laughs> Back in the day, like we're in our 40s, right? Back in the day, it was the television. Now it's the cell phone. It's the iPods. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, you can still access unbelievable amounts of information. So like Spencer was saying earlier, ladies, make sure that when you take time to go before um, our holy, holy father, make sure that you put away the distractions, shut off the phone. Um, what do you think about Spencer before we wrap it up here? I'm not going to keep you all day, even though I could sit here and talk to you all day. Uh, what do you think about a good solid commentary for ladies as they study? What are your thoughts on that? Just curious. Well, um, you know, a good solid commentary, there's a lot of, there's, I mean, uh, there's an unbelievable amount of terrible stuff out there. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just horrible, horrible stuff that, you know, and I call it dumpster diving is what I call it. Just, uh, mm -hmm. you know, sticking your head in a dumpster, see if there's anything good in there and then coming out. In the, if you keep doing that, you're going to get messed up. Um, the John Phillips is uh, probably one of the best commentator uh, writers. He's actually, uh, if you go look up his commentaries, there's a bunch of them on Amazon. So the John Phillips commentaries are good. Um I have found a lot of Spurgeon commentaries are very good. Uh, matter of fact, the there's there's a three book series uh, that Spurgeon did. It was kind of like the crowning jewel of his writing. It was called The Treasury of David. And uh, basically he compiled every commentary he could find on the Psalms into a three book set. And so The Treasury of David by Charles Spurgeon is a classic piece of literature for that. Um, and I think those, just those two in of itself, that give you enough to deal with for years. And uh, those are good, good suggestions I'd give. Fantastic. That's, that's great. Thank you. Um, Spencer, I am, is there anything else you'd like to share with the ladies before we kind of wrap it up? We're good on yeah. anything. Well, um, yeah, I got, I got time here. Um, I, I want to <laughs> say this. Okay. Um, I, I just want to say this, like feminism is has risen up and a lot of women are saying the feminists are saying there's an attack on women and i would agree with that but the attack on women is not chauvinist males the attack on women is satan and um and so and i think you know maybe they have a piece of information that's correct but they're just going about it totally the wrong way um so I, I would say that but third adam three rise of the divine feminine we explained to you the attack on women and how in the Garden of Eden, Satan didn't go after Adam. He didn't go after the creation. He went after the woman. And mm -hmm. uh, and when a woman kind of buys into the lie of Satan, she steps out of God's order for her life. And that disorder causes dysfunction, and that dysfunction causes destruction. And I think we see the destruction in the home. Uh, we see destruction in the church. We see destruction in American politics all over the place. Um, you know, I mean, it, it just just so much destruction and dysfunction happening. Why? It's because we have left God's order. And um, and I think that that is very important for us to understand that today. That's that women are immensely valuable, immensely valuable. Um, I tell my wife all the time, I said, uh, you know, uh, if it weren't for you, you know, I, I'd be a mess. And I believe that I, I would be a disaster if it weren't for my <laughs> wife. And uh, so I, I'm, you know, everybody thinks that I'm this, this great man. Well, the truth, but truth is behind every great man, there's an even greater woman. OK, <laughs> so 
Um, that's that's very important for us to understand. So women are immensely valuable, and uh, and Satan's going to attack that. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, I, I I grew up watching just women get out of sorts with their husband and just blow up a whole family and blow up a whole. I've seen businesses blown up because of of something like that. Churches blown up like that. Um, and if you notice, uh, Ahab and Jezebel, you know, mm-hmm. Ahab was a wicked man. And Jezebel was a wicked woman. Well, if you notice the dynamic there, Ahab was a weak man. And sin makes men weak. But what does sin do to women? It it turns them into monsters. And mm. Jezebel was vindictive. She attacked preachers. She she was, um, you know, even if you look over there in the in the book of Revelation, I think it was the church of Thyatira that was suffering Jezebel to teach in the church. And she was seducing God's servants, commit fornication, eat things, sacrifice to idols. Okay, well, she had that. I mean, she was out of sorts and away from God, doctrinally unsound, and uh, and she destroyed the local church. She just she really hurt that church. But a woman who's doing God's will has a tremendous value, and I I want I want women to hear that because women are either they go to these extremes either either I'm Hillary Clinton or I'm just some submissive housewife getting beat by my husband. I'll tell you that's that's not you know it's like there's two extremes of thinking there. But women have a very vital role in ministry and church. And uh, it is very important that you fulfill your role and do what God wants you to do because you have a, a, a place in this. And so I want that to be said. And our third Adam documentary explains it, I think very well. And so, but I I appreciate what you're doing here, this podcast. And there's a lot of things you're talking about here are very, very valuable. And thank you very much for what you do. Yeah, thank you. And, and there's, there is so much truth to that Spencer over the years. I've had the, um, privilege to have so many, so many women open up um, to me about various struggles. And Mm -hmm. I have seen consistently, I've seen this many times, uh, many more than I wish I'd seen it, but a a lot of women um, that say, well, um, because I'm not doing this, or I'm I'm not doing this, you know, well, uh, mothers, mothers who are literally, it's the most important job is raising these children for Jesus Christ. And our society has done such a job that they're to say, I'm a homemaker. I'm a housewife. I take care of my children and my husband and my home that they've made that to be a bad thing. And it's the most important thing, you know, next to growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ, there's nothing um, yeah. to be ashamed of there. But you're so right about that because we have done a great job as a society of really um, just distorting. And if you're not, you know, out there and you don't have a huge social media following and you don't have this exact image, then you're, you don't measure up. And um, yeah. we know that that's a lie. Ladies, yeah. I am. Um, I know that you enjoyed this today. Um, we're going to upload this. This is going to be available on all major podcast platforms. If you're new to Ladies Who Love Christ, I get to meet a lot of women who are. We're so thankful for you. We're glad that you found the podcast. Make sure you find us on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe. Find Ladies Who Love Christ on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the bell so you get our notifications. And our guest today, Spencer Smith of Doctrine Matters. Make sure you find his YouTube page. It's incredible. Watch the third Adam um, docu-series. There's three videos there. Um, Go through those. Watch his videos. You will learn so much. Um, And again, if you are new, uh, reach out to us at ladieswholovechrist.com. I love getting to know you. Um, We will send you an ebook if you sign up for our newsletter. I never share your email. Biblical Foundations, Building Unshakable Truth into Your Life. And so ladies, thank you for being here. Spencer, you're awesome. 
Um, I knew you would be a great interview. Thanks so much. And we'll see you ladies next time.